Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's great that you're here. So we, we say that, and, and the reality is, honestly, that sometimes we don't really feel like God says that about us. We don't believe that, that we have a real place in the world. We don't believe that we are acceptable, that we are accepted, that we are loved and lovable. But God says, if you're being in the world, it is great that you're here. I've loved you with an everlasting love. And I want you simply to know my love by just inviting me in and refusing to keep me out of any part of your life. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about control and about giving it up. Yes, I'm going to ask you to give up control. Before we do that, though, I want to pray and we're going to listen to Jesus and see what he had to say about how that all works together. Father God, thank you so much for passionately loving each and every one of us. God, there's no way that a single person here can grasp how, how much you want relationship with us, how much you long for us, how highly you think of us, how, how much you see us as of infinite worth. But God, I pray that the light would come on today. And in the name of Jesus, I pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done, and that we, God, would invite you in. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. And he told them still another parable. Jesus revealed the kingdom, not through the logic of, of uh, geniuses. He didn't reveal the kingdom through PhDs. He revealed the kingdom through the Spirit of God. And he often spoke in parables. Parables are stories told to make a point. Parables invite us to uh, linger. Parables invite us to think carefully about. Parables uh, really check to see how interested we are in hearing the truth of God. And still he told them another parable. And he said in Matthew 13, 33, The kingdom of heaven is like... Jesus was the God revealer. He was God become man. He came to reveal what we could not find on our own. He came to reveal the love and the heart of the, of the Heavenly Father. And, and he came not to simply tell us about the kingdom of heaven that would come after we die. He came to bring the kingdom into the kingdom of earth. And the reality is that you and I live in a world that has declared its independence from God and, and through sin has had fellowship with God completely shattered. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And in that sinfulness, there was something that broke and what broke first was our connection with the Father, our life in the kingdom. And now we live east of Eden, outside the kingdom of heaven. Now we live in the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of the world has its own operating system. 
It has its own values. And you and I are so ingrained in thinking like the world that it's very difficult for us to switch gears. We are so used to marching to the beat of this world that it's very hard for us to hear the, the call of heaven, the music of heaven. But Jesus told us a parable. And he said, if you want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like, it's this. It's like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. And then the scripture kind of just says Jesus sort of stopped. <laughs> and there's a reflection on what Jesus had said. I want you to just imagine Jesus simply saying this. The kingdom of heaven is like, like a woman who took some yeast and sprinkled a small amount of it into dough. Everybody knew, um, you know, everybody made their own bread at home. Everybody would have been familiar with the process. Everybody did this every day. And so here's Jesus taking the everyday and the ordinary, and he's using it to reveal the infinite. And then when he does, he simply drops the mic and walks away. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. And so was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. And so I want to tell you that, that as people of earth, we are deadened to the call of God, to the voice of God. As broken people, what is broken in us is, is our connection to the eternal. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has set eternity in the hearts of, of men. And yet, you and I have drowned out the call of God, the, the sense of, of the wonder, our, our longing for the eternal. We've drowned it out with all the noise of life on the kingdom of earth. So God sent his one and only son to invite us home, to call us to switch kingdoms, to leave behind the kingdom of independence, the kingdom of rebellion, the kingdom of me, and to enter into the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom that the king brought, King Jesus. In the kingdom of earth, we're bored by the wonder of life and by the wonder of our own life. Some of you here do not like yourself. And in that, you're agreeing more with Satan and hell than with God and heaven. God is a loving father and, and he creates because he's a creator and he creates beautiful, amazing things. And, and the most amazing thing that God created for himself was you. And for you to hate yourself, for you to look in the mirror and to see nothing uh, beautiful, nothing uh, great, not in the world sense, but in the true sense of your purpose and your place in God's arms, for you to see nothing there is more evidence of your own brokenness. In the world, we're blind to the presence of God. And we create cheap religion as a counterfeit to the presence of God. Religion is something that we create to deal with the threat of God in our lives. And in religion, we, we kind of try to establish this halfway place between the radical kingdom of God, which has come, and the, the kingdom of earth, 
where we've declared our independence and, and in religion we create this appearance of life in the presence of God, but in truth, we're still in charge. And in truth, it's really a lie because in religion, we don't have to let God in everywhere. We just, we just get close enough to look good without having to be changed. In the kingdom of heaven, we wake up to the wonder of in the presence of God and we live our lives seeking and seeing eternity in time the kingdom of heaven it's like a woman Jesus said who took a little tiny amount of yeast she sprinkled it in dough and then she took her hands and she began to work it through and through and through and then we all know what happens after that you see, yeast is tiny, 15 trillion cells in a single pound. And, and one of the things that we talk about in the kingdom of earth, um, you and I have big, small dyslexia. You remember us talking about that? In the kingdom of earth, in this broken, sinful world, you and I can't tell what's big or what's small. Some of the stuff that is so big to us right now in a million years won't matter a hill of beans. And some of the stuff that is so small to us right now, like the promise of God, like the offer of God's love and life in his, his heart. Some of that stuff seems so, so tiny. But you and I have big, small dyslexia. And a part of our, our disease is I can't tell what's big and what's small. But when the kingdom comes, everything changes. So today... I'm going to share with you one of the things that I want you to know, and it's going to be, some of you are going to laugh right now out loud at me, and that's okay, but if by the end you understand it, you know, and say, Pastor Drew may not be quite so crazy after all, I guess that's a win. But I want you to say with me, ready? I want you to, to say this, all right? You can't let Jesus in. We're almost there. You can't let Jesus in and keep him out. One more time. You can't let Jesus in. And keep him out. Just so your neighbor knows, turn and let them know. Tell them. Now this seems so basic. It seems so simple. But the truth is, if you let the yeast in, it's in. Right? When you let the yeast in, it's in, and it goes through all of the dough, and it has this profound impact. Yeast consumes, and it transforms. Man, when the yeast yeah, hits, the, uh, hits the dough, then, then it starts transforming you know, sugars and starts feeding and producing carbon dioxide and alcohol, and, 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 and the bread starts to rise. Did you know, they've done studies, that people who smell fresh bread baking are more kind and altruistic than people who don't smell it. They've done studies of people outside uh, bakeries. And the people who are outside of bakeries smelling fresh bread are kinder to the people around them, more giving and more patient. They actually measure their words and, and their actions. It makes that kind of a difference. You see, you can't let Jesus in and keep him out. It's not the way it works. And so today I, I want you to know that, that yeast makes all that it's in rise up. 
And so the kingdom of heaven, if, if you want to know what, what the real deal is about, not dead human religion, not what maybe you've seen growing up, not Baptist, Catholic, Presbyterian, or anything else, but what the real kingdom of the eternal true God is like, it's, it's like a woman who took yeast, tiny little things, and put it in dough. And when it worked its way through, it changes everything. It wasn't that the bread did a lot of work on its own. It wasn't that the bread was all that. It's that the yeast had power in combination and that, and that when it was put in, it in and of itself changed everything. That's what the kingdom of God coming in our lives looked like. There is change. It's not instant. It's, it's not just in all in a magic wand moment. Now again, let me just say that, that you've got to understand that the kingdom of heaven is not going to come and look like the kingdom of earth. There are two different kingdoms. One is a kingdom of, of self and independence. The other is a kingdom of, of, of God and surrender. The trouble is that when we think of the kingdom of heaven, we're so broken, we think of the kingdom of heaven and expect it to come and look like the kingdom of earth. Like the pastor who the other day was preaching, and this is such a cliche, but I actually saw it again on TV. The guy, you know, seeds of faith. You know, if you have faith that God is going to make you prosperous and healthy and successful, so send your money in and let it start funny that we have to send it into him why is that and and he's he's totally right and could not be more hellbound wrong if he tried to god does want you to be successful but the success of the kingdom of heaven is not like the success of the kingdom of earth and on the kingdom of earth maybe your success looks like i don't know maybe like you know, having your name on the side of a building like Donald Trump or something. I mean, you know what? Hey, everybody, I'm a success. But in the kingdom of heaven, success may look like nails in your hands and in your feet. In the kingdom of heaven, God does want you healthy. But the kind of health that he comes to bring is for your soul that's eternal, not for your body that's very, very passing and temporary. You're going to die. <laughs> but only once. And he does want you to be, uh, to be wealthy, but the wealth he wants you to have is the wealth of the kingdom of heaven, not of the kingdom of earth, which passes away. The world and its desires all pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So the kingdom of God coming inside of you and, and rising up and, and, and making you great in the eyes of God is not gonna be what you think it will be. So let it be different. And it's not instant. Okay, I don't know if I've told you guys this, but you can't let Jesus in and keep him out. Have I mentioned that? So let's say that together. You can't keep Jesus in and what? You, you can't do it. And when Jesus comes in like yeast in the dough, um, it, there's an effect. And it's not magic wand instance, but when we open up our life to Jesus Christ, he comes into our life and we don't have to do anything other than let him in and refuse to keep him out. And he begins to do the change. He begins to do the transformation. He begins to, by his power and his work in us, absolutely change and transform everything. That's the work of a living God. It's not us. 
You see, if Jesus isn't in all, is he in at all? We got to ask the question. And religion lets you compartmentalize life. So, so here's, here's the deal. Um, you know, I want to, this is not a word probably that, uh, that anybody really uses much. Can, I, you know, by the way, I was an art major before. <laughs> Just want to, you know, in second grade, I, I quit. So <laughs> anybody read the word? Now, none of y'all use the word probably this week. Anybody use the word this week? Nobody. All right. Well, one person. We got one. All right. John used the word. Everybody did it this week. We all did. In some form or fashion, we compartmentalized our, our lives. And what, what I want to say to you is that, that here's what Jesus does. I mean, Jesus completely just says, you can't do this with me. Because the kingdom of heaven is not like religion, which leaves you in control of this area of your life and that area of life. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. And when it's sprinkled into your life, I will work it into every area of your life and it'll have its transforming effect. So, so, so here we go. This is our, our little house here. Um, and this is where we live in, in our little house. You know, this is our house. This is, and I want you to imagine um, your, your heart as, as a house. It's, it's a home, okay? And, and so there's your little house. And, um, and so, um, you know, now let's, you know, here's the four floor plan inside. You can tell I was in architecture. You know, if I built your house, it'd be very interesting. <laughs> so you got your little porch right here. You got your front door. And then you got the hallway. And over here is a bedroom. And in the bedroom, there's a closet. And over here, you got your bathroom. And over here, you got another bedroom. And you, oops, that's a wild bedroom. You got a bathroom there and a, and a, and a closet back here. Big walking closet, big door there. Over here, you've got your dining room. Uh, back up here, you've got your big screen TV and your couch. All right, there's your couch. And this is your home. Now, now again, kingdom of heaven uh, versus kingdom of earth and religion. Kingdom of heaven, uh, we give up control and, and let the divine work of the Holy Spirit through an incarnate Christ work in us. Kingdom of earth, we fake it. Kingdom of earth, we, we, um, we remain in control and we let God have part. So how many of y'all like people? Some of y'all going, I don't like people. <laughs> how many of y'all have guests over here? Who's having guests over their house tomorrow? All right, so please, some of y'all need to get more communicable. You, know, you need to get more friendly, more community. Uh, if you'll let them know at the back what you're having, I'll let you know which house I'm coming to. Uh, so when you have a guest over at your house, um, you invite them in, and then what do you want them to do after a little while? Leave, right? So, so you have a guest come into your house, and, and, and they come in, and, and, and you know, they, they come in, and you, and, and you invite them over, uh, and maybe you invite them into your couch to watch your big screen TV. But they shouldn't be going off into the, the bedroom. You know, stay out of your closet, right? Um, you know, there's places guests belong and there's places guests don't. Well, how, 
you know, you know, with a guest, if, if a guest starts, you know, moseying around in your bedroom and poking around in your bathroom and, and going through the clothes in your closet, that's weird. You don't belong, right? Get out. You know, that's, that's, that's just, it would be odd. The trouble is, there's a whole lot of us here who have gotten used to experiencing dead religion instead of longing for the coming kingdom of God in the presence of God. And we're used to life unchanged, untransformed. And, and the truth is, you know, you, you can't let Jesus in. And when Jesus comes in, he comes in everywhere. Religion makes Jesus a guest. But what's wrong with that is, though, if our heart is, is a home, Jesus can't be a guest there. You see, when you invite Jesus in, you are giving him your ramshackle, tumble-down little house that's going to fall, and he is going to, to radically renovate and transform and change your, your little shack that can't last into a castle that will last forever. And, and so instead of this being yours, now it's his. But what we do is we have certain areas of our life that say, Jesus, you can't go here. You can't go into my bedroom, Jesus. My, my sexuality is mine. I'm going to do what I want to. I know a, a fellow a few years back who worked for the CIA. And several of y'all, you know, with security clearances, and I, I totally understand you just can't come home and share with your spouse just everything that you did all day. I knew another man in a hospital when he was older. And, and of course, you know, but, but he still... Uh, in his in his his dreams at night would would speak out some of the secret things that he'd done in Vietnam. It was so powerful in his life, so traumatic. But so you compartmentalize, and 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 this friend of mine who worked in the CIA, he he compartmentalized, and 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 he got really used to it, and he began to more and more and more compartmentalize his life. And he would go places and he couldn't tell his wife where he was. And, and at first it was real. But after a while, when he'd go places for the CIA, he was going for himself. And compartmentalizing his life, he began to have uh, multiple affairs and, and all kinds of just insanity and completely separate it from being a dad, from being a husband, from being a son of the, the living father. And basically was saying, well, Jesus, you know, you can have this area of my life, but you can't, you can't have this. Guys, you and I cannot have areas of our life to say, well, Jesus, you can't come in here. It's okay for you to be here, but you can't come in here. Stay out of my closets. And oh, the basement, Jesus, <laughs> the basement where I store uh, all my pain, you cannot go there. You stay away doesn't work that way see the kingdom of heaven is like a woman who took yeast and she just sprinkled a little bit of it on dough and then worked it into the dough to where it changed and transformed all of it and so to be a follower of Jesus Christ means that Jesus Christ comes in and he sets up shop here. He sets up shop here, here. Every area of our life, Jesus Christ is there. And, and Jesus Christ 
establishes the fact that, that he is Lord over all. And, and it's not about us trying hard and working at transformation. It's just about letting him in. All the dough had to do was receive the yeast. And the truth is, when we invite the king into our home, our home becomes his home. There's a title exchange. We trade kingdoms. We trade the broken kingdom of earth, which we, we cannot keep, for the, the forever kingdom of God, which we, we cannot lose. Guys, Jesus has told us what the kingdom is like. And you and I need to make sure that that what we're experiencing with what we call God is actually letting Jesus into every area of our life and letting him transform. That it's not religion to where we pretend that Jesus can come in here and here and here, but he can't come in here. He's not coming into to my thought life. He's not coming into my, my sexual ethics. He's not getting hold of my finances. I was actually a deacon in, in a church in Arkansas that I was at who uh, owned a car dealership and somehow got sideways of the law. I forgot exactly what he did, but he got arrested. He's in jail, and his pastor, his shepherd, came to visit him. And when this man, this deacon in jail, saw the pastor coming towards him, he said, Oh, no, pastor, you get out of here. You go on away. What I do at church, that's your business. But what I do outside of church, that's my business. And that, that is the plan of hell. If you retain control of any area of your life, you're shutting Jesus out. If there's an area of your life that is persistent darkness, persistent anger, persistent uh, fear, if there's an area of your life that's persistently broken, where resentments are nurtured, where, where loneliness is, is forever consuming, where, where pain just will never ever go away or become less, those are areas where you're not letting the Savior in, where you won't let the yeast fall. Because wherever Jesus enters into, he enters into all of it and transforms all of it. When we keep Christ out of parts of our life, we're really keeping Christ out of all of our lives. And the word of God says that, that when Jesus comes into our lives, it's not us trying hard to do it. It's not us creating life and energy. It's just the power of heaven that comes in uh, to a yielded, uh, surrendered life that, that begins to transform and change everything. Colossians 2.6 says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, there's the open door, there's the surrender, there's saying, Jesus, you, you can come in. I'm, I'm letting you into my life, Jesus. And when we receive Christ Jesus as Lord, that we will continue to live in him, to grow in him, to live lives that are ever larger for him, rooted and built up in him. That means that our lives grow down and, and deeper and our identity is, is more and more firmly rooted in the love of God. We know who we are. In the kingdom of heaven, you're free to serve and give your life away without anybody ever knowing your name. In the kingdom of the world, you've got to have your name in, in the spotlight. You've got to have your name in neon. 
But in the kingdom of heaven, when Christ comes in you, the kingdom takes root and begins to be worked through all of your life. You grow down deep into the soil of God's love. Your identity is set. Your confidence in God grows. And then you begin to grow up like a tree that, that spreads its branches. Your life was designed by God to have an internal, eternal impact in this world. Your life is supposed to be big, as God calls it. Your life is supposed to be big in this world. Your creativity, your imagination, your talents, your gifts, your abilities, all of that are supposed to come into play as a part of the expanding kingdom of God. That's the way God designed it. And if your life is not growing, if you are not increasing, I'm not saying everything's instant, I'm not saying everything's perfect, I'm saying if your life is not growing, if the dough isn't rising, it's because the yeast isn't there. There's no other way. But when we are, we, we will grow and we will overflow with thankfulness. I, I, I really want to share with you, this is a besetting sin in my life. Where there is no gratitude in your life, there is no Christ. Where self-pity reigns and, and where sadness, uh, even, if, even if you deal with depression your whole life, I'm just telling you, somehow in the kingdom of God, there's a joy that sits on top of that sadness. It just does. The scripture says the path of the righteous is like the first glimmer of dawn shining ever brighter to the full light of day. When you are a, a, a recipient of the heart of Christ in your life, everything grows. I don't care if you're in ICU days away from dying, your life in Christ will still be growing. The yeast will still be causing the bread to rise because that's what the kingdom of God is like. When we let the kingdom come, Jesus leads us into a God-sized life. And so many of us here are living smaller lives than we ever need to because there are areas of our life that we won't let the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in. We're shutting Him out. And when we shut Him out, we shut growth out. We shut light out. We shut life out. And guys, the simple truth is that the plan of God is to fill you to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ Himself as much as Jesus was full of God on earth, that is the very plan of God for you according to Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. So today is all about surrender. There's, there's not one compartment in this water that's clear anymore, right? There's not one area, one layer that's, that's not changed or transformed. It's all changed. Today is about yielding control. Today is about surrender. And I'm going to ask you today, in just a little bit, to, to yield your life. To allow the hand of God to work the power of God through your life. Because the truth is, in the kingdom, the pressure and the pain and the sadness and the sorrow and the heartache and the hardness of life is simply the hand of God working the grace um, of God through life like yeast through dough to make you grow. Is Jesus going to be your guest? Are you going to give him your life? Are you going to keep control and keep him completely out or surrender control completely and yield it all to him. Think on the kingdom of heaven.
trusting you have better plans I haven't even dreamt of you I know that you are for me When everything's against me I put all my hope in you Jesus, I will trust you trust you I know you'll never fail I will trust you Jesus I will I will Jesus I will I will Could you stand and sing with us? I don't know how the story ends that you finished it I'll close my eyes and just let go and fall into my only hope there's safety in the falling when I surrender fully I put all my hope in you Jesus Jesus I will trust you I will trust you. I know you'll never fail. I will trust you, Jesus. I will. I will. Jesus. I will. I will. you know good enough for God God loves you with an everlasting love and he has sent his son Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and to bring you into the the presence of of his own heart and life forever and ever and ever and it starts here it starts now you don't have to live in hell on earth the only way it's possible for you and I to live in hell on earth is to shut Jesus out because when Jesus Christ comes into life, He changes everything. He transforms, He renews, He restores, He illuminates, He reshapes, He rebuilds, He renovates, He makes life new again. And so today, the decision is yours to let Jesus in or shut Him out. He will not be a guest in your life. He will not. You either hand him the keys to your heart and life and sign over the deed or you keep it. Guys, if you are here today and you've had religion before this point, understand that what you need is Jesus. You need a saving, personal, born-again relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to say yes to Jesus and give your life to him. And in just a moment, we'll have people here and we would love to have a conversation with you about surrendering your whole life to let Jesus in. There's some of the rest of us here and there's been too much hell in our homes, too much hell in our marriage, too much hell gone on at work, too much sadness, sorrow, brokenness, distance, too much God absence, too much small living, too much same old, same old, not enough kingdom coming and it's all because 
there are pockets and areas of our life where we're in control, we're keeping Jesus out, and today it has to end. So I'm going to ask you to come and to surrender what area of your life that, that needs to be surrendered, whatever it is, and yield your life to Jesus. Because the truth is, you can't keep him out. If you let him in, he comes in to change everything. Amen? Let's come, let's surrender, and let's see a new day of God rising up in our lives and in our world from this day forward. You come and let's respond. God, you're in control in every little detail. You are close. I'll never be alone here in the unknown. The power of your presence fills my Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.